So welcome along to the recap at the end of week 50. Um, over the last couple of weeks again we've been going through more of the, the letters, uh, the books in the New Testament. We've done covered Galatians, Romans, Acts, we've gone back into Philemon, Colossians, Ephesians and Philippians. And so there's one, two, three, four, five, six books of the Bible plus a little bit of Acts we've done in between. And over the 14 days that's that's quite a lot. Um, and in these recaps, we always look at something and focus on something. And today, I'm just going to ask the question of why are the why are all these books covered so quickly? Um, why are they so short? Um, we have this New Testament, which we spent you know ten or sorry, we have the Old Testament that we spent ten months of. We have this New Testament now that we've rattled through six books in fourteen days, uh, and it seems a little bit imbalanced. It seems like well, we focus on the New Testament a lot. We hear about it. On Sundays we we read it ourselves, we have our favourite passages, we have all of those things and yet we've covered six books in 14 days. Um, why is that? Why are these books not bigger? Um, why do we focus on them and maybe in our Bible studies or in other groups we've, or even in churches, we've gone through maybe one of these books in a, in a year and looked at it. So why do we spend that time? Why... Do we focus so much? Uh, but why are these books covered so quickly? Um, and in a sense, what we've been doing, and this is the chronological sense of our Bible and the chronological nature of our Bible, that we cover it in a timeline. And so part of the clue is we've been going through the Bible in a year in the New Testament. Uh, and once we get out of the Gospels, we follow the book of Acts. Uh, and essentially, that's why we dip in and out then of the book of Acts through some of these weeks because it's that chronological order of the book of Acts is that the Acts of the Apostles or the, the I can't remember what it was now in one of the, the recaps it was um, the Acts of the, the Men who are Apostles and so it's literally following their trail then and in these two weeks, books and two weeks it's essentially uh, two weeks, sorry not two weeks or books um, in these two weeks these six um, books are from Paul that was hard to get out there, wasn't it? So the Apostle Paul writes these books and in a sense we've been following his journey through the book of Acts. They're they're split up into different missionary journeys as he goes around the churches. Um, in his first ministry journey it covers uh, Derby, Lystra, Iconium and you can look these maps up online. Antioch, Perga, Adelaide, Paphos and Cyprus, Salamis and Cyprus, Seleucia, Antioch. He goes back then through Cyprus um, back into Cilicia and all those places in Galatia, uh, Pamphylia, Pisidia, uh, if you want to say that properly you can um, and so that's his first journey, his second journey then takes part later on he's got a yeah, his second journey, let's follow it here from Antioch to Tarsus, to Derby, to Lystra, Iconium, Antioch again Troas, Neapolis, Philippi, Apollonia, Ampios, Thessalonica, Baracoa, um, Athens, Corinth, Sensory, Ephesus, via Kos and Rhodes, down into Caesarea. Um, so that's the second journey as it's traced through this book of Acts. The third journey again starts in Antioch, um, through Tarsus, Lystra, Derbe, Iconium, Antioch, Laodicea, he stops at Ephesus. He then goes up towards Assos and Troas, Neapolis, Philippi, Thessalonica, Corinth, um, Sorry, he got lost a little bit in there. He ends up in Corinth. Um, he maybe goes, yeah, he goes back that way again. So he goes from Corinth back towards Thessalonica, Philippi, Troas, 
Uh, once he gets to Assos, he goes down to Samos, um, Miletus, through Cossan Roads to Padara, back into the entire. And so those those are some of the movements. But basically, these books follow the acts of not only the apostles but this apostle Paul, uh, as we read about him. And so why are these books then in such a way? Well, from some of those names we've heard uh, and through those first couple of journeys, they weren't just to tell you about it. You can look them up yourselves if you want to see the maps. Um, but they're essentially the names of the books correspond to where he stops, to the churches that he sets up. And as he goes, he sees himself as a missionary. And so that's why they're called his missionary journeys, because he goes around spreading this gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and what he has done he debates, as we've heard, three acts with many people as he gathers there. As he lands somewhere, he goes to the Jews. He tries to debate and tell them about Jesus using their own scriptures of the Old Testament. And then after a certain amount of time, he moves on to somewhere else. And as he does that, he, of course, leaves behind the church and a group of people. Uh, and he discovers after a course of time that these people need to be ministered to in some way that he can't just move on, he needs to, to come back and maybe teach them some more, maybe correct them in some ways where they've gone wrong. Um, and so in each of these books, they're essentially letters to these churches where he has stopped, where he has set up a church, where he has maybe set up elders and uh, ministers and pastors. He, on his travels, because that's what he sees himself as, he doesn't see himself as a minister who stays, he sees himself as a, a minister who goes and so each time in each of these, he's writing for certain reasons, and generally they're not good reasons. Generally, he's he's writing these books to remind them of something, to remind them of something they've done. Um, and so let's look through them for a minute. Galatians, he writes to remind them that their justification is by faith in Jesus Christ, and so nothing less, nothing more, not their works, not from obedience to the law, to their obedience through their faith in Jesus Christ, that they are made right with God, that they are justified before God. And so obviously at this time there were Jews, Judaizers that were coming into this church who were maybe following behind um, Paul going into his church uh, and trying to put a, put up the, this argument that Paul was not actually an apostle, an apostle, possible, an apostle. Uh, and so they were trying to distort the message that Paul had told this church in Galatia and so Paul is right in Galatians to remind them to tell them these men aren't right this these are my credentials as an apostle and this is what I tell you that you're justified by faith in Jesus Christ nothing more nothing less the book of Romans Paul writes it's thought that he actually hadn't been to Rome yet so he sends this letter ahead of them to present the the basic gospel the basic plan of God's salvation and righteousness for all mankind Jew and Gentile alike and writes it as a, I suppose, a systematic work, I suppose, a, as an outline, as a, uh, a, this is what it's all about, and I will come to you and tell you more about it, because they had not yet met an apostle or, or received the teaching of an apostle, and so he writes this Romans as, as a, this is what it's all about, and I will come and tell you more when I get to you, and so that's the book of Romans. The book of Philemon is a really interesting one. It's one that Paul writes to an individual. It's not to a church, but it's an individual in Colossae who, um, along with others at this time, was a slave owner. Um, it's thought that this Onesimus had apparently stolen from him and then run away, which under the law of the time meant that Onesimus could be put to death. But 
Paul reminds Philemon that through his ministry, Philemon became a Christian. Uh, and now that he was, Anismus had come to Paul um, and helped Paul. And so in a way, Paul's saying, well, this man might owe you something, but you owe me your soul. Uh, and so there, there's a real sense of like emotional blackmail going on here, but not in that that way. I suppose Paul's just trying to to tell and remind Philemon exactly what's going on here and exactly his place as a slave owner and that he should accept this Anisimus as a, as a Christian brother and not force the law on him. And so that's Philemon. In the book of Colossians, Paul writes uh, against some kind of heresy that we're not really told about, but... Um, you can see it from some of the things that he says, but he basically writes to refute this heresy, which talks about um, some false teachers who have come in and are here starting to plant uh, and teach these false doctrines and false um, ideas among the people. And so Paul's essentially writing to say to this church who have believed these false teachers and started to practice these these certain things that, that they're teaching, Paul says, catch, catch yourself on. This is what it's all about. This is the way God is. This is what I have taught you. This is who I am. And so don't believe these false teachers. Don't believe what they're saying to you. But once again, come back to the truth of the gospel that I told you. Um, and so he's writing the church in, in response to something, um, as he is with all these letters. Um, we'll go into Ephesians. And Ephesians, he's writing again to the, the church and the whole church. Um, in Ephesus and he doesn't really address any particular error or heresy but he tries to expand their minds a little bit to try and help them better understand the God's purpose and grace uh, and come to understand the, the high benchmark that God has for this church uh, and so it, there's lots of statements, lots of um, purposes, uh, lots of personal benefits that, that are mentioned but essentially he's writing to state what God intends for this church, uh, that he seeks to display his manifold wisdom to the rulers, authorities in the heavenly realms. Uh, and so there's this idea of Paul setting a benchmark of what this church should be and what it should stand up to and what it should uh, see itself as. And then in the final one, in Philippians, he writes to thank this church in Philippi about the gift that they sent him. He's imprisoned at this time, and so he's telling them about what's happening to him. He's encouraging them to stand firm in the face of their persecution and rejoice as he's doing, regardless of the circumstances they find themselves in. He's reminding them to be united. To he, He's giving them and commending his, one of his friends and one of his co-servants, Timothy, uh, and then to warn them against certain things. And so Paul always has, uh, I suppose you could say, an agenda or a reason for writing these books and writing these letters. And they should be read as letters. They should be read as whole books. And so that's the, the good thing about the chronological version and about any Bible in a year. Um, it's about reading the whole thing and reading them as letters as they're intended. You help, it helps you to see the full picture of them. Um, so there's a quick snapshot through some of those books. A lot of what we see in the modern church and the problems and issues and heresies that are, that are going on uh, have always happened. Um, and so we need more people like Paul to step up and actually speak into them. And that's why we use these books and letters as ways of learning uh, and ways of seeing how the good news about Jesus, how the way we're supposed to live, how it all interacts with each other uh, and how, uh, I suppose, how bad it can, it can get or how wrong it can go. Uh, and then to correct ourselves 
because there's nothing that have, hasn't happened before and so we learn from these letters what Paul I suppose would say to us uh, uh, individually as a churches uh, and to you as you listen so if you want any information about any of those or individual parts of those just uh, send me an email um, and enjoy the next two weeks as we get closer to the end uh, so yes enjoy <laughs>